Welcome to episode 33 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast, a solo episode on why you must be in charge of your own training. Let's go. Welcome back to another solo episode. Just me. Unfortunately, I don't have a cool story or some insightful information about some new place that I've been. Not yet anyways, but that'll come in time. This episode is a little bit more of a reflection coming from an emotional place and emotional I don't mean tears well I guess you know maybe but emotional I mean a little bit of anger a little bit of frustration based on a couple conversations over the past weeks with a former client of mine which I'll give all that context in a second but I felt the need to make this episode because if what she is kind of going through and, and, and dealing with then it means other people are also dealing with and I wasn't or maybe I was a little bit naive to the fact that this is how things work with some trainers and gyms and whatnot. So I felt the need to make this and put it out there. My thoughts are a little bit jumbled. I did write some stuff down to make sure that I don't forget. Um, but because I care you know, about what I do and about people, this is a little bit emotional. So excuse any uh, rambling and, and maybe some, some swearing that comes in here. So here's the context. A uh, former client of mine is training at a new gym now. She's training at a new gym because you know, due to COVID, she you know, uh, wasn't or was working from home rather. And so it wasn't coming into the part of the city that I was living and working in. And then now I'm no longer living in the city anyways. So, you know, whatever. She's at a new gym, wanted the in-person stuff, not online. We talked about that, but wasn't the best for her. And so she's training at a new gym in person. Um, she's one of my best clients, one of my favorite clients. She got super strong the time that we worked together and we trained for about a year and a, a year and a bit, almost a year, a year and a quarter or so. And then, and then COVID happened and then uh, and that's it. But I'm still very close to her. I talk with her all the time, like probably once a week at least. Um, and so she's still uh, still a great uh, great friend and, and great client. Now, uh, a little side note. Uh, yes, you know, the online thing was an option. It just wasn't relevant for her. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, before I get into anything, yes, online training is something that I'm certainly doing. If it works for you and it works for me, then we'll work together. So send me a message, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Anyways, more importantly. Trained this woman for about, uh, you know, again, a year and a quarter or so. She was getting really strong. She wasn't like a total beginner when we first started working out together. She had been working out on her own and following various programs and whatnot uh, for, for several years. And she was pretty strong. She had the basics down. So when she came in, it was just some refinements to some movement patterns, you know, really dialed in the, the nitty gritty of her squat, of her deadlift, of her pressing, of her pull-ups and all that stuff. And then, you know, we just continued to get strong. We didn't need to make a lot of nutrition adjustments. She didn't come into me, you know, overweight with a heavy weight loss or body composition goal. I want to say, you know, over the first few months, she maybe lost like it had to be less than 10 pounds. Like it wasn't even really a focus. We just made some nutritional adjustments and got that down. And just for reference as well, for anyone, she was weighing around like 120 to 125, something like that, probably somewhere in the 22 to 24% body fat percentage. So, you know, just all that to say, it doesn't really matter, but just that to say that, you know, she didn't have a body composition goal where she was coming to me to lose weight, where she had like 75 pounds to lose or something like that. Like, you know, healthy body composition, healthy person, and just wanted to get strong and stay active and be fit. So that's great. And, uh, I won't say your name, but if you're listening to this, uh, I apologize if those numbers are a little bit off, but it, you know, it's close, it's close enough for, for context here anyways. So she was in great shape. She didn't need to lose fat. If she wanted to get significantly leaner, which she didn't, then, you know, she would have had to make some sacrifices and that would have been fine if she was ready for it uh, or if it was something that she wanted to do, but she didn't. So we didn't do that. Now, she got a lot stronger. We focused again on strength. Everything went up, squats, deadlifts, RDLs, hip thrusts, bench press. 
we got up to like five or six pull-ups, just like full range, you know, body weight pull-ups, um, and focusing on the healthy lifestyle, getting stronger over time as, you know, one does once you, once you hit that range or that, you know, you, you've solved the, the, the body composition kind of thing. And it's just, well, what do you do the rest of your life? You just slowly get stronger over time and hit that maintenance phase. We've done that. So, uh, we had great times, you know, uh, it was good stuff. COVID happened, blah, blah. And now she's in this new gym with, uh, these new trainers. who I don't know. And just to be careful and, and, you know, respectful of anybody, um, and without naming any names, I don't even know the name of the gym that she's training at or the name of the people there, but it is not the place, um, that I used to work at. So if, if, you know, anyone listening knows about that, this, this is not that place. So, uh, just get that out of the way. Now throughout COVID, she was training, uh, at home. She bought some equipment, um, you know, TRX, uh, I think she got a kettlebell, she got a Peloton, some bands and stuff like that. And I'd sent her some home workouts and whatnot. Um, so she made the best of it, trained hard at home as hard as one can be, as hard as one can train, especially someone who's a little bit more advanced. It's quite hard to train with like no equipment. It's one thing if you're a total beginner, as I've talked about in many episodes before, where you can make significant progress without any significant external weight. But, you know, when you're squatting, uh, you know, whatever, whatever she got up to 135, 145, something like that, you know, when you squat body weight, it doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't do it for you anymore. But anyways, so she did really well. Now, this is where the problem starts. She gets into the new gym and the new trainer and whatever, and they've got their their own plan. So they did their initial consult stuff. And I remember she told me, oh, the new trainer said that, you know, my squat and everything is really good. And he gives you compliments for for doing a good job with me. I said, okay, like, great. That's really nice of them to say. And then she said, you know, the new trainer and, and the owner of the place saw lots of potential in her to be super lean and strong. And I said, okay, great. I mean, we've all got lots of potential, but you know, this is when I start to like already, I started to get a little bit skeptical of what she was saying, because like, why would he say that? This sounds like a very, like you're trying to sell me on something. You're trying to butter me up. Like, oh, you've got potential. Like the, the more common thing for some gym owners, which I think is also wrong is like telling people that there's so much wrong with them. Oh, you're so overweight. Your shoulder is broken. Your everything is broken and you need me. Instead, this trainer is taking an opposite approach, telling her how much potential she's got and how he can help her get there. So, okay. And then I said, okay, so what's, you know, what's the plan? Like I assumed her plan was kind of what it was, get that body, uh, you know, so, so, uh, one thing to back up quickly, she probably gained like, you know, eight to 10 pounds or something through COVID again, nothing that matters, uh, nothing significant. She's still very healthy and all that stuff. So the trainer wants her to do this aggressive cut and get down to whatever the, the number somehow that they arrived at was 115 pounds. Which, I mean, she was already quite lean at around like 122, 123. So another seven, eight pounds, like that's, it's a lot for someone at that uh, weight and someone who's already quite lean. So she wants to get, so they want her to get down to 115 pounds. She's going to be eating a thousand calories a day and doing cardio like four times, five, five times a week. And she'll work out in the gym, but the workouts are kind of like, you know, not really heavy lifting and not very intense. Just a lot of like cardio circuit type stuff. And I was a little bit shocked because at first when she told me this, I was again, skeptical of what the other trainer was getting at here. But also I was like, well, hold on. If she's, if she agreed to this, then maybe I missed something in the entire time that we trained. I never picked up on the fact that she wanted this. Like, you know, maybe this is, I did something wrong by not understanding that this is what she was looking for. And this is why we didn't do it. So I asked her, I said, was that like, is that what you want? Like, is this 
I don't want to give you my opinion on this other guy because I don't know the whole context, but is that what you want? And she said, well, he says I have lots of potential. Um, I've never been that lean before. And the trainer said I could get super shredded. So I said, you know, or she said that, you know, she's willing to try and give it a shot. I said, okay. I mean, as long as it's something you want to do and you understand how difficult that's actually going to be, then by all means go for it, but be careful. Do it Do it with your eyes open because it's possible. It's certainly possible. I wouldn't recommend it, but it can, it can certainly be done. It's a really low amount of calories. It's a lot of activity and it sounds nice to, to think about how shredded you're going to be, but you know, getting there and doing the actual thing is a very different story. So I hope this is only for maybe like two weeks or three weeks at the most. And then activity and food is going to, or activity is going to decrease, food's going to increase and, you know, it'll get into a more sustainable pace, but you know, well, let's see, keep me updated. So she went for it. Um, you know, buying into the the potential of being super shredded, which by the way, a little sidebar, we've all have the potential to be super shredded if we're willing to do the things that it takes to get to that body. Now, not surprisingly, after a week or so, she's telling me about how difficult it is to eat that little food and train that much, but she still wanted to see if she could do it. And my advice was, you know, I'm not going to kind of step on anyone's toes, but, you know, just be careful, pay attention to how you're feeling, pay attention to how you're sleeping, pay attention to your like mental capacity during the day at work, pay attention to your menstrual cycle. Like these are all very important things and it's kind of like, you know, signs that things are going wrong. And if any of these start to decline, then things have kind of gone too far and adjustment needs to be made. Now, fast forward a couple weeks, surely she's lost a few pounds and surprise, surprise, feeling like garbage. It got to the point where she was already like, you know, making her own adjustments on the protocol where I think it was about a thousand calories and she's eating 1200 calories on her own, which I mean, I think that's still like way too little. But the point here is that, you know, she's she's breaking from the protocol. And so I said, well, you're better off telling him what you're doing because he's expecting one thing. You are doing something else when he doesn't think it's working. He's going to like make it more aggressive or he's going to have to adjust something to offset it instead of you just telling him. It's not like you're, you know, some professional athlete where you have to do this. Like this is just a because you want to do it, not because you have to. This is not your job. If you want to do it, then great, but you don't have to do it by any means. So lying about it and and pretending to to the other guy that you're following his crazy rules doesn't really help anyone. And in fact, it's probably going to, you know, make it worse. Just because someone is your trainer, it doesn't mean that they can tell you what to do. If it's not what you want to do, then you don't have to do it. There is nothing in fitness or health that you necessarily have to do. You know, if she was a client or someone who, you know, had like a hundred pounds to lose and they're coming in saying like, Hey, I want to do a bulking face. You know, in that sense, I would way more strongly suggest like, you know, we've really got to focus on losing weight because, you know, you're a hundred, you know, I wouldn't say it like this, but whatever. There's, there's more of a way to, there's more of a focus on losing weight for your health reasons. You don't need to be bulking. We don't need to put on muscle mass. We need to reduce some body fat. And then we, you know, we can talk about things later, but someone who's again in, in that, you know, very healthy body composition range, we can just dial a few things in, maybe get off those couple COVID pounds. And then we just get back to building strength and that's it. But it doesn't really have to be anything that drastic. So again, she, he, he's empowering her to to feel very good about she can do this and she's special and she's starting from a great spot. It, you know, it's gonna if she gets super shredded and then she gets strong again after, it's gonna make for a great before and after picture, a great story. And you know, I think that this is very manipulative and and this is when I really start to take issue with this and uh, this is just not okay to me. It doesn't sit right with me. 
after a couple weeks of telling her to have a conversation with these guys, tell them she doesn't want to do this because she's feeling bad, she's feeling this, she's feeling that, she finally did. And after some back and forth with them, it, it was always the, okay, well, let's just try this. Uh, we'll try it for another week. Let's just increase the calories by a little bit. And so it wasn't really you know, a lot of training. Then eventually after more coercion from her part and, and more from me on like, hey, you got to have a conversation with you guys. You got to tell them, you got to tell them, you got to tell them. She gets on board or she gets them on board to ditch the plan and switch up the plan, which I was very happy about. And I was like, okay, great. This should be, you know, more reasonable, more of like a sort of a maintenance phase. Like she's already back down basically to like her normal weight. Um, and we can just, you know, she can focus on getting back to getting strong and moving some heavy weight and feeling good. Just like she, just like she did. So I asked her, okay, what's the, you know, what's the new plan? And it was twice a week, uh, 30 minutes of cardio. She said, that's fine. You know, for, for health purposes, like that's great. Um, and three lifts per week, three lifts per week. Sorry. And okay, great. That's, you know, pretty much what we, what I was doing with her before. And again, I, I say it, I was doing with her. It doesn't mean that what I was doing is perfect. I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, wh- whatever it, it worked for her. She was happy. I was happy. She was getting strong. She was healthy. Everything worked. So I, I think it was pretty close to correct. Could the training have been more optimized better? Yeah, of course. I'm not the best trainer in the world. I think I'm pretty damn good at what I do, but you know, there's always room for improvement. But anyways, I digress. So the plan was, the plan was this, the, the training plan or, or currently is this, uh, squats, bench, and uh, deadlifts or RDLs on uh, twice a week. And then the third day was overhead presses, arms, and abs or core. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's just take this one step at a time or sorry, let me, let me back that up again. When she, when she went in for the first workout, she squatted and, you know, deadlifted and bench press and her numbers were like all, you know, they were less than what they were, of course, but they, they were pretty, they were pretty solid. So it was a big, um, I think relieving for her to know that she didn't lose tons of strength through COVID and through this like, crazy cut thing that she did for a month or six weeks or whatever it was. So that was, and, and I was happy to, to hear that as well because it made her happy as well that she didn't lose a lot of strength. And I said, okay, great. So what's the plan? And so, like I just said, it makes up the story there, but, uh, squat bench and uh, deadlift or RDL on twice, two of the two days per week. And then the third day was, or, you know, whatever the, the order of it was, the third or the other day was overhead press, um, arms and core. Uh, and I said, okay, uh, what about your back? That was my first question. I didn't hear any back exercises in there. We've got no rows, no pull-ups, no face pulls, no anything in there. And another thing with her was that, you know, we, her, her sort of like weak spot, and this is a little bit more technical as someone gets advanced, but like her weak spot on RDLs and squats really was her upper back. It was just like holding onto the bar as it got heavy, just like the, uh, her upper back would, would give and, and same thing with the RDLs and, and deadlifts. So, you know, it was always a, a focus of ours and, and, you know, the weak thing that we were working on and everyone's got a weak spot. It's not like it's a down, like everyone's got their weak thing in their, in their movement. That's the, you know, the, the weak link in the chain. So it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to say you've got a weakness. It's just, everyone's got it and you got to identify it. If you, if you think you don't have weakness, then that's actually a bad thing because you're not paying enough attention. But again, anyways, trying to stay on track here. I apologize. So upper back is her weakness. And I look at the workout program and there's just no back exercises. So my first question was, what about your back? When do you train that? And then she said, well, the, they said the upper back will get enough training from the squats and the deadlifts and the, and the bench press. 
And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what, what is this? Like, of course, yeah, they get worked. Yeah, so does like my core gets worked in that too. And so does everything else. Like you can make an argument that your biceps get worked during squats by grabbing onto the bar, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to work your biceps. And the same thing is like, well, how is that weak link going to improve if we don't work on it? Not to mention all of us have been working from home, COVID, blah, 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 blah. And we're just sitting at home hunched over at our desk. So our back is hunched over and now we're not going to train our back and, you know, correct that posture and just work on those back muscles. And on top of that, she's pressing three times a week, bench press twice and overhead press once. So, you know, a general rule of thumb in training is that you should be pulling twice as much as you're pressing, especially with our hunched over forward facing lifestyle. And she's pressing zero or sorry, pulling zero. And this was just makes no sense to me. Couldn't, couldn't understand why we work so hard, so goddamn hard with her to get pull-ups and now we're just ignoring all pull-ups and we're not going to do any pulling motions. Well, that's just going to go away. I was I was very shocked. And then she said that uh, the response was that, well, this is just their protocol for people in bulking phases, which then this just set me off on another you know, level. Like, how do you operate a personal training business based on having every single person on like specific protocols. So what's the, where's the personal training in that? I don't just write a workout program and give it to you and not train you. Like, how is that a personal training gym at all? I have no idea. How do you just ignore training people's backs? Again, given the lifestyle, 21st century, cell phones, work from home, blah, blah. You can't just ignore people's backs. And these people are not pro athletes. And even if they were, you say, oh, well, uh, you know, a power lifter just squats, bench and deadlift. Okay, they also train their back a fuckload. If you look at any real powerlifter who's worth anything, they're constantly training their back because they know that they that they need that to support everything. So it just made no sense to me. She said the back and the and the other stuff was done during the cutting phase. I'm like, well, so you're not cutting, so you can't train your back? Like it just fucking doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. You're just neglecting like an entire part of the body. And and how is that like this is just causing more problems than it's fixing. Sure, we we fixed the diet stuff. Now she's up to more of like a maintenance level nutrition, which I'm hap- very happy about that. Like it's definitely a step in the right direction. But like god damn guys, like let's get it correct. How are we just going to train and not train her back? This isn't even like a bro thing. Oh, you don't skip leg day. It's not even that. You can't just you can't just ignore this and it's one thing to ignore it if you're just training on your own and you just follow stuff on YouTube and Instagram and whatever. You know, you can get away with ignoring stuff because like, you know, you don't know better. Ignorance is bliss. You don't know better. Fine. It is what it is. I used to not train my legs that much either. But like this is a personal training gym. Like she's paying top dollar to be there and you're just going to ignore training her back. And then later on, it's going to be a problem that her back is weak. And then you're going to have to, you know, this is like the like Apple creating a problem and selling you the solution. So I don't know. It's fucking it's it blows my mind. So what's the lesson here? Why did I bother to? tell this whole story. It's this, that no matter what, no matter what stage of training you're at or anything in your health, you have to be in charge of you, not the government, not Instagram, not some trainer. And by the way, not me either. You are in charge. You know you better than anybody else. You know what you want, what you're willing to do, and what you're not willing to do. If you want to follow a super restricted diet and get super shredded, then by all means, go ahead. There is nothing wrong with that. That is not my point here. 
but do it because you want to do it, not because some trainer wants to get a sick before and after picture of you. That I can't think of a worse reason to do it. It's good for trainers, people like myself, to give directions and to be serious. I like that. I prefer that people have a direction and that they're bringing some intensity to their training rather than the opposite where it's just, you know, lackadaisical, have fun. You know, we show up and we, you know, we laugh for 30 minutes out of the hour and we just kind of fuck around. And yeah, we sort of like do some jumping jacks and get a little sweaty and call it a workout for 150 bucks. I don't prefer that, but at least it's not. I think it's, you know, stealing people's money, but I don't think it's at least it's dangerous. So if you're just, so sorry, losing my train of thought here. So yeah, so I, so I do like things to be taken seriously, but we can, we can train seriously and be friends. Like people are not most people that we're training and, and anyone who's listening to this yourself, you're probably not a pro athlete. If you're going to come in here and I'm going to demand that you do certain things, then like, what are we doing here? That doesn't make any sense. It's not really helping anybody. It's not okay. It's not okay for trainers to pressure clients to do things that they don't want to do. And it's up to you. This is the part where you're in control. It's up to you, the client, to be able to speak for yourself. The trainer probably has good intentions, but maybe they've been so jaded by their career or by whatever it is, or people are, you know, desperate for clients. And so they, they want those really great before and after pictures because we know that those sell super well. So they're going to pressure you to do something extreme that's going to help them. And, and they, and they, place it under the guise of it's helping you but if you're not willing to do it then you need to say it and even better than than being confrontational is just ask questions if your trainer your coach or whoever says hey we're going to do xyz why why are we going to do that well why do we do it that way well what about this way well i heard about this that those questions are okay i as a trainer and anyone who's good at what they do would much rather field quote unquote, annoying questions, then have someone just blindly listen to what I do and follow my instructions without ever questioning or learning anything. I would much rather you learn and allow me to explain what we're doing because I know that you're genuinely interested in this and you're buying in and you're going to improve. If you're just following everything I do, you know, I trust myself that I do things right and I trust everyone else is doing things right, but I want you to question me and anyone who's going to like any trainer or coach or whatever, who's going to shy away from those questions and kind of like shut you down. And fuck that guy because that's like that's not okay. You need to be able to answer those questions, and you're better off firing that person. Now, again, I, I spoke with this very briefly off the top, but if I'm hearing this from a client, I know for sure there are other people out there who are experiencing these same things, and that's why I desperately felt the need to kind of put this out there. Someone pressuring you to do something with your body is not okay, and and I'm gonna extend this one step further that it doesn't necessarily have to be or it's not only applicable to like your trainer or coach or your buddy. This can also be, you know, influencers, people you follow on Instagram or on Twitter or, or YouTube or whatever, because, you know, they're saying that, oh, I do so-and-so uh, exercises, I do so-and-so diet, and it works for me. And now you want to be like that person. So you feel this kind of, this pressure to do what they do and reach the goals that they reach. Some guy is talking about how shredded he is and how amazing it made his life okay, it doesn't mean that it's going to make your life amazing, especially if you're not willing to do the things that it takes to get the things that he's talking about. Now, that being said, you need to understand what your goals are and whether you're actually willing to do what it takes to attain those goals. One more quick story about another client, and then I'm going to try and wrap this up. 
This was a, a long time ago. A client came to me, said she had a job interview for a Korean airline as a, what's the, a flight attendant. And apparently, this is a little bit fucked up, but the story about this is for another time. But um, it, the Korean flight or airlines for flight attendants, they do like a body composition check as part of the as part of the job interview that they have to be a certain level of body fat percentage or something, which, I mean, completely crazy, but there, there's not enough. Uh, that's a whole nother concept. I said, okay, so what do you hope to achieve? She said, I need to lose 25 pounds uh, in the next six weeks. And for context here as well, she was a very small woman. She was, she was quite young. She was younger than me. And she's, she weighed about like 112 pounds or something like that. So imagine, you know, 25 pounds off of a 112 pound person. Like that's a lot. And in six weeks time, like, God damn, like that's a lot. I said, and, and keep in mind, like, again, she's 112 pounds and you know, you rate the late that the height, whatever. She was not overweight. She was very healthy weight and, and body composition, all that stuff. So I said, okay, I kind of smirked and, and laughed a little bit. And I said, that's fine. I can help you lose 25 pounds in six weeks but you're going to have to come train every day and you're going to have to eat exactly what I tell you with no mistakes. You can't go out with your friends and have any dinners out. And that meal is probably going to be one small salad every day. Does that sound okay? That's what I said to her. And she said, well, that sounds a bit crazy. And I said, yep, you're absolutely right. But if that's what it's going, but that's what it's going to take to do what you're asking me to do. So we can either go through with that insanity, which I don't recommend, or we can pick a much more reasonable and attainable and healthy goal and then attack that. And, you know, to her, to her credit, she said, okay, well, yeah, like what else can we do? Like, what can we achieve in that time? Blah, blah, blah. And, and it's not her fault that she wanted to achieve this like outlandish goal. Part of it was the airline and all this stuff, but part of it is, you know, social media and the pressures that be that make one believe that this is attainable. She didn't understand what it was going to take. So when I briefly, and you know, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but when I, you know, comically laid it out for her and then she's like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like a little bit unreasonable. Like I'm not willing or able to do that. I need to adjust my goal. And so we did, and you know, we got to whatever she got and then, uh, you know, whatever ended up happening with that. She actually didn't end up going for the interview for that job, which I was happy about, but whatever. But you know, the, the, the point was that we outlined a goal and instead of just uh, you know, outlandishly accepting it and putting her through hell to get to it. I told her, you know, cause that would have been an amazing, can you imagine the transformation picture on that one? Could you imagine how good that would be for business? This woman loses 25 pounds in six weeks. Like that would be unreal. She would have been absolutely shredded, like super skinny. Like she, you know, I don't even, I think it would have been too much, but whatever, like it would have been a great story to tell. So, but instead of doing that, I'm like, no, this is completely insane for this girl. I don't think she realizes what it's going to take to get what she wants. So let me outline that for her. And then if she wants to do it, I mean, I still don't recommend it, but Hey, it's your body. You do you, and I'm going to help you get there in the healthiest way possible. Uh, but I don't recommend it. So let's maybe choose something else. So lesson overall there is be reasonable, understand what you want and understand if you're willing to do the things that are required to achieve those goals. And if not, then you've got to adjust the goals. You know, maybe your goal is to lose 50 pounds. You can't lose. I mean, not, you can't, you don't want to lose 50 pounds in a month. That would be crazy. But if we change the the goal line to say, I want to lose 50 pounds in six months, that's much more reasonable, much more attainable. You can actually do that without, you know, crushing yourself. 
I hope these stories are a little bit helpful and that it may be, you know, a little bit of a light bulb going and it goes off in your head so that you can take a little bit more control over your training and what it is that you're doing and not just simply following things blindly that you need to ask questions of your coach, ask questions of me, ask questions of, you know, if you can't contact the influencers, so-and-so, you know, find someone on, on social media who you can ask. I'm, I, you know, I'll plug myself as a great resource. You can ask me. I'm not uh, big enough where I'll certainly, I'll certainly see your message. Um, but you know, you're in the driver's seat. It's your body. It's your life. If you don't want to do something, you do not have to do it. And if it doesn't feel right to you, you don't have to do it. If it's making you feel like crap and you're not willing to feel like crap to get some strange goal, you don't have to do it. To wrap this up, uh, I'm accepting online training clients. Everything is still one-on-one with personalized training, nutrition, lifestyle guidance to get you to your goals. Following the theme of the whole episode, it's a two-way street. It's not me being a drill sergeant. I'm never going to say, you must do this. It's going to be, hey, I think you should do this because this is what you said uh, that you wanted to achieve. Or do we agree? Is this going to work? Is this not going to work? If not, then we're going to find a way, right? I'm never going to ask you to do something that you want. Uh, I'll spare you the, the big details here. I did an Instagram live video today actually on this. I'll link it in the in the show notes um, and you can find it on my Instagram at Daniel Yoris. Um, if you're interested to work with me together to get, if you're interested to work with me to work together to get in better shape, build some muscle, lose fat and using fitness as the foundation to improve everything else, then you can send me a DM on Instagram and that will be the best way to kind of get the conversation started and get the ball rolling. I'll set up a website shortly uh, in the next, in the coming weeks or so. So it, depending on when you're listening to this, it's uh, September 1st so right now, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, check back in the show notes if there's a website there, click through that. If not, Instagram, always a good option. <sighs> I hope that this opens up some eyes and and clears up some things. I hope that this really allows you to take more control and take more ownership of your training and your body because you are in the driver's seat. It is your body and you need to do what's best for you. Nobody knows you better than you do. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you very much. Go out there, take control. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend, shout it on your social media, leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and let's spread this as far as we can. Thank you. Love you. 